Welcome to Podomation, where we talk about all things automation and industrial cybersecurity. Podomation is brought to you by ISA, the International Society of Automation. We're excited to launch our first episode with a panel discussion recorded live at the ISA OT Cybersecurity Summit in Aberdeen, Scotland. Just a quick production note here, because this was recorded live from a conference, the audio quality varies a bit depending upon the speaker. Unfortunately, we had to cut a few things out as they just could not quite be understood. All the same, the content is great and the speakers have a lot of wonderful insights to share. So thank you for bearing with us. We'll take some of these lessons learned to the next time we record live from an ISA event. Without further ado, here's Morgan Four, ISA's Director of Communications and Events, live from Aberdeen with our guests. Uh, hello and good afternoon to everyone from Aberdeen, Scotland. This is ISA's first episode of Automation. Thank you for allowing us to have this here today in beautiful Aberdeen. And we are very excited to be here because this is ISA's first international cybersecurity conference. One of the great topics of discussion we have had today has been SBOM, Spy Bill of Materials. And we just wanted to continue the conversation on a little bit since we had such great experts with us and really discuss the importance of SBOM and where it's going. So uh, allow me to introduce my guest here today. I have Chris Blass coming in virtually with Cybeats. Chris, thank you for joining us from your boat in Florida. <laughs> We're all jealous of you as well. <laughs> Steve Mustard, um, our fearful leader uh, who has literally written the book on cybersecurity and is a wonderful cybersecurity advisor for National Automation Inc. And then we have the wonderful Sherry Caddy with the White House. Uh, we're thrilled to have you here today. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, Sherry is going to be keynoting our session tomorrow. So wonderful opportunities to continue to hear from her as well. Thank you everyone uh, for joining us. We're elated to get this going. So really, we just wrapped up a whole entire panel discussion on the supply chain, risk management, SBOM, everything that's going on. Alan Friedman has given a wonderful presentation breaking down SBOM. So I'm not gonna get too detailed into the small bits, but I did wanna start off about talking about the importance of SBOM and why it has become such a, a big deal right now. So I'll open that up to the three of you. So I'll just start by saying, you know, having worked on supply chain issues for quite a couple of years for the federal government, um, I'm really excited about SCOM just because we've gotten away from where we used to be, which was self-accusation. And just in talking to procurement officials in the federal space, um, understanding, hey, how do you, how are you buying things, General Services Administration? What, what's the basis? And they say, oh yeah, this is great. We, we have the vendors self-attest that they've done cyber and that there's no bad stuff in there. And, um, you know, the procurement people don't have an ability to test and verify what's in there. They, that's not part of their job. So um, having done a lot of security remediation from bad things that were in products that the U.S. government has bought, um, I'm really excited to get to uh, SBOMs, uh, bills of materials that provide uh, more empiricism around just transparency, just understanding what's in there. Um, you know, that's uh, really 
fantastic first step, both from a procurement mission support standpoint, but also uh, many other things, uh, everything from, again, understanding what you're buying to being able to do incident response when you know we find out about the latest you know bad vulnerability do i have that in my system there's really no good way to handle now so so s bombs are really you know uh the way to go and um, we're glad that we're starting to get down that road but it's a long uh it's a you know great answer but it's certainly not simple or, or easy but it, we're starting down that path Right. So, Sherry, you talked a little bit about HBOM and its emergence uh, as discussions in the supply chain panel. Can you uh, tell us a little bit more about why you think it isn't feasible with protecting SBOMs? So, uh, I think SBOMs are really important, but uh, hardware bills and materials also equally important, particularly for physical systems. Um, just understanding what are the chips on the circuit board, really critical. We have had issues. Um, uh, the, the the top one that comes to mind, of course, is the Spectre meltdown issue, which was an issue of uh, poor chip design. Um, that was five, six years ago. Uh, so so just understanding the uh, physical components in your system, certainly if it's an industrial control system, but of course, you know, if it's in your data center, you care as well. So um, don't want to lose the the threat, even as the the conversation on SBOM is advancing more quickly. Um, don't want to lose the thread on the hardware bill of materials either. And that's uh, difficult to do at scale, like like anything uh, inside, like all problems in cyber, they're complex and, and challenging. And just being able to set up the technical processes to do uh, imagery analysis, image, image preparation and analysis at scale uh, to be able to, to evaluate what uh, the components are in hardware uh, is an area that uh, a lot of research still is underway right now. I'll just put a Plug in, of course, for the Department of Energy National Labs, doing some great work in this area of uh, imagery analysis to be able to scale up so that we can eventually apply um, ALMI, AI ML solutions to, to being able to understand that scale and evaluate uh, what is in the hardware as, again, if you think about procurement, as we think about these response, as we think about what we're going in, uh, just knowing what's what's in there about business will also be uh, as important as a yeah, can I can I add to that? I think one of the reasons why hardware bill of materials is going to be really important is the growth of IIoT devices, because in order to get the cost-effective nature of those products, they use a lot of open-source software, but they also use a lot of common hardware. So if you're going to have a vulnerability in hardware, that's going to be potentially very extensive in an IIoT environment. So I think. That as you said, there's not a solution today, but it's going to be really important to, to, to find that. Well, and, and a key trend that, of course, we're seeing post-colonial pipeline, uh, some of the major incidents is, is the need to censor everywhere, um, understanding that, hey, we couldn't see what was on those networks. Um, so there's a big push, certainly the U.S. government's behind a lot of this push to put more sensors in OT environments. Um, and do it now, and if you want to do it quickly, you're going to end up using commercial off-the-shelf products. Maybe they weren't um, custom-built for that purpose, but it's a simple solution of moment. So, um, yeah, understanding understanding what that's going to do to the security ecosystem is, is going to be an important emerging issue. Sure. Well, let's elaborate on that a little bit more, even still. 
uh, you know, ISA is a standard-based organization, and the 62443 standard series, as Andre uh, made mention to earlier today, is more so focused on the what instead of the how um, we do it. So when we start looking at um, S-bombs, H-bomb, and uh, data analytics bombs, can we talk a little bit about how um, that could be an aiding factor in the standard as we um, move forward as well? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so um, 62443-1 talks about the requirements. H4S1 uh, covered extensively in there, but as you say, Morgan, it's all about the um, uh, what needs to be done, but not the how. And that's deliberate. The standards are all about um, what needs to be done without being prescriptive about technology, vendor, or any other such thing. Um, so at the moment today, when uh, a vendor comes along to get ISA Secure certification for their development lifecycle, they are required to demonstrate that they have a processes and procedures in place with evidence that they are following those kind of practices that we're all talking about here. So I think it's a it's a, a thing that's not well understood yet. There's a huge opportunity there for uh, addressing this requirement already. Um, I think like all of the aspects of the 6443 series of standards, it's about making sure that asset owners and other people in the supply chain start demanding that vendors and system integrators all get this certification so that we have some um, confidence that they're doing the right things. And that's fair. And um, Sherry, could you maybe elaborate maybe on how, kind of where you see the future of regulation going so that that can help maybe shape some of the work that we do on our standards in the future? Yeah, I, I think, you know, SBOM, uh, well, Chris's comments aside, you know, it's still as a as a policy prescription is still relatively new uh certainly um with some of the major cyber incidents recently with uh, solar winds and walk 4j were kind of the inspiration behind uh, requiring uh behind the federal government the u.s government's executive order uh in mid 2021 to start to require s-bombs um you know that is a hard, rare existence where the policy prescription to require bombs in federal for a year um, you know, came in advance of the actual specifics on how to get there. Um, so Alan, you know, Alan Friedman is working diligently on unwinding a lot of the devilish details on what, what's the standard format is, and how are we transmitting this and under what conditions that you can see it and how do you protect it. Uh, there's a lot of questions to be answered. So, um, but I do think that from a future policy standpoint, transparency is is going to be um, a requirement in the future, and um, you know, we sort of started down that road with um, you know the the executive order uh, for the federal government pledging for our use of S bond in procurement situations. But I think it's easy to see if the the number of third party vendors that are arising out of the ether to want to provide this kind of a, a third party service to both vendors and the vendors is any indication um, they all see the potential for. Uh, spread its future of not just a requirement for procurement, but for other cases. And as we're looking at um, other very much related issues of whether it's IoT, I IoT labeling, um, you know, software liability, um, you know, open source software security, all of these uh, will add some underlying pressure of understanding or improving the transparency of what is in software 
what can you see? And I, it, I think all of these things are working in concert. We're not, we're not at a at an endpoint where it means we're well connected and working together. But I think you can see how all of these things are integrated. They're all moving forward. Yeah, uh, and to quote Alan Friedman from earlier, uh, the average pickup truck uh, now has more coding in it than uh, some of the retired space shuttles. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> this boat. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> with that in mind, uh, it, it becomes more of an increasing um, reason to have more insight with the standard. Right. So, um, just to wrap up all of our thoughts here, guys, because we're running out of time. Um, so, for our last question, what do you think is a security spectrum? That we can rely on here. Um, you don't have to be the most secure. You don't want to be the low-hanging fruit. Where do you want to be? Well, um, <laughs> it depends on who you are and if you are regulated. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, ultimately, and why I'm, I'm not a huge fan of regulation, because it creates a lot of mandate compliance and, and negative externalities that, that, you know, we don't want people, you know, you know, Starting for the lowest common denominator, the minimum that they have yeah. to do. Uh, there's a utility of, of requirements, but uh, you know we want to, but we want to, we want to have an understanding, want to promote an understanding of the criticality of well of doing, you know, basic due diligence, basic transparency, basic cyber hygiene. These are not sexy terms, but um, you know we we just want to raise the baseline of cybersecurity. Uh, across the board for everyone, and for those entities that are in critical infrastructure that is regulated, that will get more requirements at the top for gas. And so, you know, we're and we're we're aiming at this all of these ends uh, at you know basic basic cybersecurity protections where there are none, uh, increased cybersecurity protections for regulated entities, um, and increasing requirements you know where there haven't been requirements before. So all of those. Are being and of course we're trying to mitigate some of the complexity by driving towards regulatory harmonization and standards alignment. So yes, we want more requirements across everybody. That's critical, um, but we want to make sure that you know, we're taking active steps to drive interoperability uh, amongst all of those things. Our regulatory yeah, I, I think saying it's a spectrum is a good way of thinking about it. And as you said, Cherry, it depends a lot on the organization and our risk tolerance and other aspects. But um, what I also see from the spectrum point of view is that um, there is a lot of focus on doing some of the more, I would say, technically complex solutions, uh, systems and products and tools that do a lot of clever stuff. But we are at the expense of that overlooking some of the basic stuff, like you said, the basic cyber hygiene things. I go to a lot of facilities and I see a lot of bad practices still today, despite the awareness of cybersecurity as an issue. So I think we have to encourage people, like you said, to raise their basic level, you know, from where they are today. Um, and then also, like we said, the whole point about 16443 series of standards is that it is a risk-based approach to cybersecurity. It's not uh, a minimum standard. There are different security levels you can achieve. and. Um, you know, that kind of approach means that you can be more clear about what uh, you're actually providing and what controls are in place and what controls need to be in place to make secure. So transparency throughout the supply chain, I think, is the key thing, really. Yeah, yeah with, with those you know, absolutely valid precautionary, I was wondering if you know, pulled part of us at the yank again and just say, 
me, let me, let me quote the great uh, British philosopher Douglas Adams. Don't panic. <laughs> you look at the reality of this. There are 6,000 electric utilities in the U.S. There are 150,000 water utilities. There are organizations like the public sector in Scotland and in, in the U.S. to help with that. And there's organizations like the American Waterworks Association. You know, shout out to Kevin Morley. Um, good guidance there. And uh, with NERC SIP 13, you know, for electric utility in the U.S. and elsewhere, watch how that's being adopted. And and think about the, the reality of the logistics. So if, ever, if we wanted to start right now and have the funding for it, it would still take a number of years to do 150,000 water facilities and 50,000 electric utilities. So use the same practical, pragmatic, paying attention stuff that has kept you keeping the lights and the water on in the first place. And, and don't be the, don't be the slowest lowest in the herd. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a really good point, Chris. Well, uh, that's just about all the time we have today. So I just wanted to say thank you again to everybody for a little bit of, of a deeper dive uh, into this conversation as it has been a hot topic today. And uh, you guys are some of the best experts on it. <laughs> and I want to say thank you, I think, for hosting this conference. Oh, thank you so much, Sherry. Was it White House? <laughs> thank uh, you very much. Hershey's Kisses and Chris, you'll have to come to D.C. to collect yeah. yours. Yes, <laughs> yes come to the mainland. <laughs> All right. Well, again, uh, thank you for joining us as well. And I'm Morgan Poor with ISA, and we'll see you next time on Podomation. This has been Podomation, brought to you by the International Society of Automation. Thanks for listening, and remember to subscribe and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps people to find our content. Podomation is produced by me, Liz Neiman, and Morgan Fora at ISA. Our music is by Mixer Drummer and has been licensed from Pond5.